Blog Talk Radio. Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That means it's time for another episode of Stunt Tracks with yours truly, Uncle Jim, and the one and only Leslie Hoffman. How you doing tonight, Leslie? Oh, I'm doing okay. Um, well, the snow finally made it up here. Well, or, or yesterday. It, it it stopped today, but yesterday it, it was like snowing slush. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you probably do understand what I'm saying. And and I had to drive somewhere and it it just, you know, you could be the world's greatest driver, but boy, that tire, you know, the slush grabs the tire and it and it starts pulling you off the road. I mean, I I was crawling Compared to you know the speed that I normally drive at, I mean it was dangerous yesterday. Well, at least you still had your snow tires on, and you never took them off from the summer, right? <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying is, well, like you say, snow tires. You call them snow tires, but they're not black ice tires. And and like you say, with the slush. Um, you know, like I say, they're for snow. They're they're not for uh, smooth, slick surface or or like I say, I don't know how to, uh, to say about the slush. I mean, you know, I was trying to stay in the the tire tracks of the car that had gone ahead of me or that was before me, but, you know, you just slightly get off to one side and that the slush, like I say, grabs your tire. Well, it's like even four-wheel drive doesn't help you on ice. So, you know, yeah. I know what you're saying. I'm, I understand completely. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was Being actually, it, it, it was funny, uh, a year ago, um, I had to go up to somebody's house who had, uh, they they live on top of a hill, and the driveway is, 
I don't know, quarter of a mile. I mean, it's a long driveway, straight up a hill with a turn. <laughs> I never made it to the turn. Anyways, like, you know, I st- but, so it was black ice, and I start going up this hill, and the car just you're you're just spinning in one place, and then you got to be careful. Then you got to you know slowly back down and not slide off the road. So winter is fun up up in our area. I mean, I'm including yeah. your area. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we had a lot of rain. It, it kind of got warm today, and we got a lot of rain, which melted a lot of the snow. But then it got cold and it started snowing and then it froze and turned it into ice and then we had slush and it was just we had everything. It was just a mess. Yeah. I'm just no, I'm glad tomorrow is a holiday is, oh, and I don't have to go to work. <laughs> yeah. So. I, the, right. This is actually uh we're into a three day weekend. It's Martin Luther King's birthday and uh you know, all the things that I want to do or I usually have to do Monday, if it, if it includes a bank or a post office, it's going to be closed tomorrow. So i got to wait till Tuesday. Exactly. you got a lifelong uh, weekend, uh, which, which I'll take. I will take it. I'll take off any day I can get off. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> For you guys that are that are listening, uh, we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. Um, Leslie sent me a message and we said, "Hey, what, what do we want to what do we want to uh, talk about tonight?" And the first thing, of course, was Planet of the Apes. And uh, he thought, "Well, <laughs> well, we'll get that in there somehow." But um, we decided to talk about with Martin Luther King Day be around the corner. We thought diversity, infinite diversity and infinite combinations would be a great topic for the show tonight. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about diversity in Star Trek. And I think it all starts, of course, with the original series. And, you know, the biggest thing, I think, with Martin Luther King Day around the corner would be Nichelle Nichols, Uhura, on the bridge. Now, a conversation that I have a lot with with uh, with what well, I I don't want to insult anybody, but with with um, modern day Star Trek fans is that when they watch TOS, they don't understand, you know, what the relevance of it really was. Now, having a black woman on the bridge in the '60s was a huge huge thing at the time um you know but they didn't stop there they had a russian on the bridge as well and that was a that was a big big deal too with the cold war going on at the time they also had an asian on the bridge and that's also a big deal because there was a lot of people like my wife's father who fought in world war ii who still didn't trust asians and if you've ever listened to George Decay talk about actually his family being put into a concentration camp because they were Japanese Americans. So that was all, that was fresh in a lot of people's minds as well. And of course they had a Scotsman 
as as your engineer to throw something in there. They threw in an alien with pointed ears in as a Vulcan, as Mr. Spock. And Gene Roddenberry, I've heard him say on uh, several interviews and several different places I've heard him speak and seen him speak, is that he wanted the Enterprise to represent Earth, spaceship Earth. And he wanted as much representation of the different people on Earth on the Starship Enterprise as possible. And I think he succeeded at that. What, what would you say, Leslie, would you agree with that assessment? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that, um, uh, as you say, with the 60s, uh, the first pilot, they had uh, the second in command being a woman, and that just didn't fly. I mean, that that was a absolute no go i mean it was it was wonderful that they made uhura head of communications but no way was there going to be a woman in the second position i guess if something happened to the captain no way were they going to allow a woman to be you know running a ship so so that's why uh majel i mean they didn't get rid of her. I mean, she was Jean's wife, They, but she became a nurse, which is a very uh, female occupation of the 60s. Yep. Yep. They also had Yeoman Rand as well. Yeah. Um, well, uh, that's like just being a, a secretary. Exactly. I mean, a, to me, a yep. yeoman... <laughs> Um, but, uh, well, you, 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 you already said it, is that, uh, uh, the original crew, I mean, I, maybe that's why people, or I read it on Facebook that, that they can't stand or don't understand, uh, the original series because the people in, in the certain positions, uh, was nowadays you wouldn't think twice about it, but in 1960, I mean, it, it was absolutely amazing what the crew was was made up of. Yeah, and people today's audience doesn't wrap their head around that because you know they weren't around for the. I mean. Think about the civil rights movement. We're celebrating Martin Luther King Day. Um, you know, the civil rights movement where, where blacks didn't even have the right to vote, yet there was a black on the bridge of the enterprise and a woman on top of that. So that was a big deal. And the first interracial kiss as well. Well, right. I was going to get to that. Right. Uh the episode Plato's Stepchildren, where Kirk kisses Ahura, was banned. It was not allowed to be shown on certain um, network stations, I'll say. I mean, obviously it was shown on networks in a lot of states, but but in the southern states, that episode was not aired. 
I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess somehow they just did a repeat of a different episode. Yeah, it, it was a big deal. And uh, people yeah. need to remember that Martin Luther King Day is Monday. And um, I posted a picture on my face on our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond, of Nichelle Nichols at the White House with President Obama. And, you know, you have to you have to look at that picture and realize that Michelle Nichols being, being a a black woman on TV in the sixties blazed a trail and made it possible for a Barack Obama to become the first black president in history. And to meet him for, for both of them was a huge honor. And that's how significant Diversity is, and I think people forget that. You know. Well, and and the other part of the story is, um, you know, she had even second thoughts of accepting the role, and she was friends with Martin Luther King, and he's the one that convinced her to, you know, take the role. Do you realize what's what's being offered here? You know. I mean, that you, you have an amazing chance to to. I mean, who knows what his exact words were to her, but but he's the one that convinced her to take the role. I mean, it was offered to her. She was ready to turn it down. She's talking to him, and he's saying, "Take the role." Yeah, I, I think. You know, and that diversity, of course, people also forget that in the 70s, there was another Star Trek series that came out after the original series was canceled and ran for two seasons, a Saturday morning cartoon, Star Trek, the animated series. And even though it was a cartoon, the animated series still had a lot of diversity in it in the fact that they they introduced a Cation, who's a cat person, who filled in for Uhura at communications uh, by the name of Nref, and they didn't cast Mr. Chekhov in the show, but they replaced him with a three-armed uh, alien by the name of Lieutenant Erickson, who was an, an Erodian, and he had three arms and three legs. So they replace them with aliens, which is, which is still a form of diversity, although although not not human diversity. So that, well, the, the the interesting thing is that I mean, being animated, um, you know, the original Star Trek really didn't have prosthetics. CGI didn't exist. So, so you know, if there was a Klingon, you just used darker makeup on them or, you know, if, or or uh, let this be your last uh, battlefield. <laughs> you have white makeup on half the face and black makeup on the other half of the face. And that was how you made an alien back then, unless, unless they were going to wear an 80-pound suit or something like that. I mean, uh, the... The the Tholians were probably one of the most um, 
creative, human-wearing uh, alien, I think that TOS had. Yeah, they 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 did that. Yeah, you're right. They, they had to do it with makeup, but being animated, they weren't limited to that, which was good. But they still had a diverse crew, and to me, that's the, the biggest thing. This is something that people don't. I think that modern fans of Star Trek, meaning uh, what, what I mean by modern fans, like fans that watch Star Trek today but haven't grown up with it, is that diversity is so important. Diversity is what makes us who we are. Look at Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That's a story about diversity. And you know, when we got the TNG, they also had diversity in TOG and TNG. Um, you know, they had a handicapped person flying the ship. They had an android on the bridge, Klingon on the bridge, and they had a female security officer, Natasha right. Yar. Which they killed her off pretty quickly, but <laughs> yeah, they she kept coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. Tasha Yar that started the I'm not really dead. <laughs> Instead of Planet of the Apes, it's it's more like um uh the the Holy Grail. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> But but uh, seriously speaking, I mean, uh, to have Worf as a Klingon on TNG was was the same as having Chekhov on the original series. I mean, uh, TOS, a Klingon, was a bad guy. I mean, uh, as you say, the Cold War, uh, to have a Russian on on on. Um, you know, the, it was the Federation, but it's, you know, it, I don't know. You still kind of feel like it's, you know, the United States, even though it's a Federation. So, uh, like I say, to have a Russian on a ship in a security level position, uh, then you had TNG to have Worf, a Klingon, in a security. He was security after Tasha Yar. Um, again, it it it, it was uh, an interesting progression, and and I think it just. Well, I think the fans were more than willing to accept things. I mean, that's, that's it, is, is that you have network or you have, well, I'll, I'll just stick with the network. You have network where you have people deciding what a fan will or won't accept. And and I think the Star Trek fans are have been more than willing to accept uh Aliens or male or female, you know, in certain roles, and and uh, it just is. I think yeah. that fans have changed a lot, and 
I think that when these when new Star Trek shows come out, we're we, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Discovery, and we're going to talk about Voyager and Lower Decks. We, we've got a lot of other shows to throw in there, guys. But I think that Star Trek relies a lot on aliens to fill that diversity role a lot. But I want to I want to jump ahead to something, uh, an article I just posted on our Facebook page, which really surprised me by the response that I got from a lot of of Star Trek fans, in quote, and that is that Mary Wiseman um, just came out of the closet and and said that she actually considers herself to be bisexual. Uh, I, I'm I, I'm assuming because. She she was interested in women before she met her husband, and now she's married to the Andorian dude there, whose name escapes me right now. But the Andorian that was on Discovery season three is actually her real life husband. Right, and, I was um, gonna say she's by alien. <laughs> right, she's by alien, and I I posted that article on our Facebook page, and. Surprisingly, a lot of Star Trek fans, at least the ones that respond, aren't completely acceptable, accepted with that. And I think that as a society, let, if we look at, let's talk about Discovery. I'm jumping ahead, but I, I want, we have uh, Adira and we have Gray, who are identified as um, nonlinear or non-binary meaning that neither one of those characters identifies themselves as male or female, and they, can, they, they refer to themselves as they and them, which is a concept I do not understand, and I'm not going to pretend to understand. I, I don't understand it at all, but that's what they do. We have Culber and Stamets, who are both gay and have a, a, a beautiful relationship on the show, I think, and... And we also have Tignatero, uh, Jet Reno, who's also gay, whose wife died in the Klingon Wars. Um, so we have a lot of representation for the LGBTQ um, community on Star Trek today, but they're still not getting the recognition or the uh, uh, equal treatment that I, they deserve from the fans. And some of the comments on the comment page you just embarrass me that Star Trek fans would, would say things like that. Because to me, that's what Star Trek is about. It's about infinite diversity and infinite combinations. It's about acceptance. We don't care if you're an Andorian. We don't care if you're a Gorn. We don't care if you're a Romulan or a Klingon or a Russian. When you join Starfleet, you're part of our family. And that's the way I see Star Trek. And I think that's the message, at least that's the message that I got out of watching Star Trek for 55 years. Um, oh, well, that's, so, it, it's kind of going in. That's interesting because... I guess I miss the negative comments. I mean, I go back to that that it seems like most of the fans if you said, well, I say that that Mary came out of the closet and and most people said, so 
<laughs> you know, like well, and we, well, um, <laughs> that's because I my myself and my and and my admins we hide and block a lot of people that come on and start the hate and the negativity and the personal attacks because I won't tolerate that um, at all. Um, but listen, we got to take our first commercial break for our people listening at Odyssey Radio. Don't go away. Don't touch your dial. We'll be right back after you listen to some great commercials from Russ. Um, the rest of us will be right back after this very quick message. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with the Leslie Hoffman and Uncle Jim and Stunt Treks in about 30 seconds. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday nights, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking. Boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And we're back. We're talking about diversity in Star Trek. And right now we're talking about Mary Wiseman and uh, coming out as a bisexual. I posted that article on our page. And um, we go through, and I'm, I try to read every single comment on every single post. And something that's very important to me is I want Trek Talking to be a safe place where people can come and be safe, and they can feel safe, and they can express their love of Star Trek and their opinions without having to worry about being attacked for any reason. And so a lot of those negative comments, you won't see them because me and my admins get rid of them. And if, and if the same people do it over and over again, we ban them and they're never allowed back. And the reason why I do that, I've had fans tell me, well, we have freedom of speech and, and blah, blah, blah. And you're right. You do. But first of all, I have to say that truck talking is my page. And I am not the federal government. I don't have to allow you to say anything on my page. So there's that. And secondly, if, if there's somebody who's, who's reading the article, some, some teenage person, maybe, I don't know, 16 or 17, that's just realizing that either that they're gay or they're bisexual or they're transgendered or, or many of these other things, pansexual, asexual, whatever, things that – I don't understand, and that's that's fine. I don't have to understand it to accept it. But if if they're watching Star Trek and just seeing these people represented on TV like Ohura did in the '60s, gives them hope that they they can be accepted and that they are part of something and they are represented in the population. That is incredibly important to me. And when some idiot comes on and starts trashing them and bad-talking them and, and being nasty, that one person that's reading that is taking that to heart. And it's like a personal attack against that person who's just discovering who they are. And I, don't, I won't allow that. So you, those comments are there, but hopefully we catch them before you read them, Leslie, um, and that they, you won't see them. So that's why you're not seeing them. But they were there. Oh. People were there. Um, yeah, no, I, I, you know, everybody, I, I think this was uh, last week's topic was 
everybody has a right to be what they want to be. I mean, I'll add yeah. a new sentence. As long as they don't physically hurt somebody else. Exactly. You know, I mean, exactly. be the only thing that I, that that I would suddenly go, no, no, you don't do that. But everybody has their life, their dreams, their um, lifestyle to live. And nobody should be telling them what to do otherwise. Oh, I I agree completely. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a white heterosexual male. I I have a wife. I have a child. That's the way I am. But you know what? Just because I'm not, I don't identify as as any of these other sexual preferences. That doesn't mean that I can't accept those people that do for the person that they are. As you said, Leslie, long as they're not forcing that on other people and hurting other people, they have a right to live their life as they choose, as long as they're consenting adults and they're not forcing it on other people. And I just, you know, I praise Mary Wisely for coming out and saying that myself. And that's why I jumped ahead to Discovery. I felt that was a message yeah. that we had to get out. Well, but, first off, hand is that, um, you know, uh, I don't know. Saranac Lake was, or at least growing up here, I, I missed a lot of the stuff that uh, I guess, well, due to my father, I lived a very sheltered life. So so I didn't know all the stories that were going on in, in Saranac Lake. But, you know, once I was in California, uh, the first stunt group that I belonged to, one of the women was gay. And, and I didn't even know that. The way I found out was... I was warned by the straight stunt woman. Well, if she invites you over to go swimming in her swimming pool, you know, you shouldn't do that because she's gay. Well, it turns out that I'm still friends with this person. I mean, in other words, just because you're gay doesn't make you a rapist. I mean, that's what I... Exactly. In other words, I feel the straight people were the bad guys. Or, or, you know, the ones that had a bad attitude. I I agree. I'm right there with you. Wonderful. And And while we're talking about, oh, go ahead. While we're talking about discovery, before we we move backwards, we have to mention the fact that Star Trek has its first black female. Captain in Michael Burnham. So, you know, that's well, something that, that Star Trek is doing too. Oh, black. Oh, okay. I missed. <laughs> right. We, yeah. we, uh, and people have said, well, Deep Space Nine had Cisco. He was a black man. Um, Voyager had Janeway. She was a white woman. But Discovery has a black female lead. So, well, and, you know, that's diversity. And actually, 
Well, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, but, well, somewhere you got to put in uh, lower decks. Right, lower, lower, and I lower decks. Uh, though to me, I love lower decks. We've talked about it on the show here. I think it's great. It's funny. It's a hilarious show. But lower and, and lower decks is considered canon, absolutely. But lower decks is also an animated show, and that brings us like we were talking about TOS. Um, you know, they could put anybody they want and, and to draw them, um, you know. But you're right. You're right. Captain Freeman, uh, a black lead on a, on a starship. Yep, you're absolutely right. And there's a Bajoran. We have the, the Bajoran security guard uh, officer on lower decks. And we have the augmented um, engineer as well on lower decks. And and Tendi, who's an Orion, that's an interesting combination. Yeah, very interesting. Well, again, again, it's amazing. From well, okay, late late sixties, let's say over almost nineteen seventy, so thirty, and this is twenty one now, so fifty one years, let's say it's taken fifty one years for. And again, I don't think it's the public or the fans. I think it's it's the the producers themselves of these shows or these networks and these cable companies feeling comfortable enough to allow these characters to exist. I I maybe I'm dreaming, but I'm almost hoping that had these same characters been introduced in the late sixties, I think I think you would have had a, the majority of the public accepting them. Because I think they would have found them fascinating. Or that's that <laughs> I guess that's my dream. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean it it's amazing that uh in fifty years where where NBC wanted to airbrush or did airbrush uh, Spock's pointed ears because they were afraid people would would uh, look at the um, the pamphlet the whatever the you know that they hand out uh, to people when they're trying to sell a series. Um, you know, they were afraid that, oh, my God, he's the devil. You know, the, the public will never accept that. Now look at the the variety of characters we have nowadays. Yeah, it's incredible. Well, let me ask you a question, Leslie, because I hear this a lot on our Facebook page. And what do you say to the people that say that Star Trek is trying to eliminate white men completely and that it, that what they're doing on Star Trek isn't fair to white heterosexual men because everybody that's on Star Trek, if they're a man, they're either gay or they're not white. What, what do you say to I, people that say that? You know, uh, well, obviously the, the listeners don't know this, but, you know, I wrote to you, um, I usually give Uncle Jim a, a cheat sheet about 
my opinions uh, before the show. And and I even said, I, I hope you understand that I'm not, well, I forget the words, but in other words, I'm not eliminating white males. Um you know, well, let's let's take discovery since that's what's going on right now. I mean, you. Uh, oh, I forgot what they're there. Is he the admiral or something? There's the guy with the glasses. There's the guy that uh, who's the head of the federation. Those are white males. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't uh, think they're trying to get rid of the white males. No, I, I don't think so either. Um, and something that, and when these people say this, it makes me laugh because if you if you look at the Federation, if if Star Trek was real, if it was today, and you were to look at the Federation, white white males would be the minority of the Federation and not the majority because you would have Klingons, Dorians, Romulans, Vulcans. Um, Bajorans, Cardassians, um, you know, Trill, you, Ferengi, you'd have all these other races. And so, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon to not see a white male in command of a vessel because there's so many, would be so many other races that would have that position, in, in my opinion. Right. Right, and it's not necessarily, let's remove the word white, is that, I mean, you have a lot of male actors, uh, characters, whatever, as you say, except that in this case, they're they're aliens. So so it isn't like uh, uh, (laughs) women are taking over the world and let's get rid of the men. No, I mean, Saru is male. Or I'm assuming Saru identifies as male. Yeah, I, I think that he does. And that, that, that that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I think that unless on Star Trek, unless a character specifically identifies themselves as not being the uh, presented sex, then I think it's safe for all of us to assume that Saru identifies as a as a male Kelpian because he has not said otherwise. Same thing with Michael Burnham; she's a female. Um, you know, he, each one of these people identifies themselves exactly as we see them, except for Adira and Gray, who have said that they are binary and don't consider themselves to be any one particular sex. So. Unless they, unless it's pointed out in an episode that they're not, I think it's a safe assumption to assume that they're exactly what we see them as, I think. Would you agree, Leslie? Right, right. I mean, it, in other words, that's, that's not the, in these episodes. It's, that's not even part of the topic of whether they're – female, whether they're male, whether they're, you know, uh, uh, bi, whether they're gay, whether they're transgender. I mean, they're doing their job, and that's what they're trying to bring across in the episode, is that these characters are doing their jobs. It isn't It isn't that these people are going around with a... Um, 
you know, with a sticker on their body saying, I'm a male, I'm a female. No, I'm I'm this position on this starship and I'm doing my job. That's that's exactly where we're coming to exactly. and that's the way it really should be. And so in- let's <laughs> go back to TOS for a second here. Uh on TOS, TOS did have as everybody knows, they actually did have a gay actor, which which I wasn't aware of until decades later when I ran into him at a convention. But George Kay is gay, and he was on Star Trek, and nobody knew it. They didn't bring that fact out. And he, when J.J. Uh, Abrams, made the Star Trek movie, uh, was it Star Trek Beyond? Uh, uh, Sulu had a daughter, which we know that he does, and he went to to the Yorktown station and met his husband there. And he he got off the ship and, and hugged him, and then they walked away holding their daughter. And I thought to myself, that is a great, that, that is one of my favorite scenes in Star Trek because they're just a normal family. He's the helmsman of a starship, and he's here to see his family, and they went, walked away. Well, that particular scene upset a lot of people, including, surprisingly enough, George. And I was like, wow, why is George upset about this? And a lot of fans were upset, too. And I said to fans, I want you to go back to every episode of Star Trek and every Star Trek movie and I want you to find any evidence, anything, anything at all that says whether that Sulu is gay or Sulu is straight. Find me a line. Find me anything. And there isn't. So the fact that he had a, um, a husband and a child, I, I didn't have a problem with that at all. It didn't even bother me. I didn't even think twice about it. What, did that did that bother you, Leslie? Uh, well, I'll I'll just say, and I can't think of what the name of the episode was. Um, when when Spock had a beard, when they went to that uh, opposite, I'll call it opposite universe. Uh, Uhura did go up to Sulu and was flirting with him, and he seemed to be flirting, I'll, I'll say it nicely, flirting back with her, um, you would have thought that it was a heterosexual thing. But then again, that wasn't really, like I say, that was that other universe. That wasn't, I agree with you that in the regular Star Trek universe, no, there was never, there was never an episode uh, of of Sulu being in love with somebody, or like you say, where where you would identify him one way or the other. Chekhov, yes, but not Sulu. Yeah, definitely, definitely Chekhov. <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> Chekhov. But yeah, well, Chekhov. 
again, <laughs> well, that one, now that I remember the name, Day of the Dove, because that's, that's the episode that always drives me. Like I say, I look, I look at everything when I'm watching an episode, and and he's and he's gonna rape the Romulan. Or, let's see, no Klingon. She, he's gonna rape, rape the the Klingon woman, and and he touches her face. But then um, Kirk comes up and throws Chekhov across the deck or the hallway, and and obviously. Walter or Chekhov's hand hit the hit the the wall, and, and it leaves a, a makeup mark on the wall. If you watch it very carefully, <laughs> I don't know. I think those those things get me when when I see something like that. But no, that but, I mean again, it, it right. I mean. Again, we're we're kind of going in circles, but but yeah, I mean it's uh, the '60s. They wanted women to be women and men to be men. Uh, one of the things that I was saying um, is that even all the way into the '90s, uh, human women could not fight males. For some reason, that wasn't allowed. They could hit him with the with a gun, which I don't understand why they didn't shoot him. But they could hit him with a gun or a pipe, but they could not hit them with a fist. That's why I enjoyed I enjoyed doubling Torres because uh, being half Klingon, it was okay for me to to fight like a man, which. Believe me, in a couple of episodes, that's exactly what I did. Yet now we go to Discovery again, and and there no one no one questions. You won't see this on Facebook. Like how dare burn uh, Michael uh, karate kicked so and so. I mean, nowadays stunt fights. Whether male, whether female, whether a combination, you know, a male fighting a female, it's it's just a given. It's part of the story, and it's acceptable. Well, look at Giorgio. Michelle Yeoh kicked ass in every episode that she was in. She she was an incredible fighter. Oh yeah, you yeah, know? and and. and I don't know. I enjoyed it. I I hope other people enjoyed it. And while we're talking about Voyager, let's let's throw in the mix that Belana Torres was the first female chief engineer that we've had on Star Trek. Was Belana was right. Belana Torres? Right. And you and might you think, well, that's not a big to, deal. But if, if you, you look were at the to history go back of Star to, Trek. Uh, um you know the original series uh, you know it had to be a white well here we go yeah it had to be a white male it had to be scotty i mean so so far on voyager well two things not only was she the head of engineering uh technically she was 
part of the, if you want to call it the, well, I'd rather call them rebels instead of bad guys. I mean, the Maquis were fighting for what they believed in. Right. But everybody knew on Voyager that they they had to come together as as a crew and trust each other or they never were going to get home. Right. Exactly. So I think that, wow, I can't believe how quick this time flies, Leslie. I think that... I, I just <laughs> looked over at the clock. Yeah, no, it's... Um, wow. Hey, well, quickly we do Planet of the Apes is that, well, because of the prosthetics, you didn't know who was white, who was black, who was Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just think that if, if anyone's going to be involved in Star Trek, if you're going to watch Star Trek, and if you're going to call yourself a Star Trek fan, you've got to follow what Star Trek is built on. The building blocks of Star Trek are infinite diversity and infinite combinations, the idic. And that means accepting people for who they are. And treating everyone with respect and dignity the way you want to be treated, regardless of their shape, size, color, whatever, that's what Star Trek, that's what it's all about. Right. You know. Exactly. That's what it breaks exactly. down to. And if everybody could, 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 could try to do that, then it would be a much much better place to live. But it's, it's a hard concept to practice. Because people are filled with prejudices, and they're hard to overcome. But, Leslie, we, uh, we only have four minutes left before we have to say goodnight. Did you have any closing comments that you wanted to say to the listeners before we have to say goodnight? Uh, no. I, I, I mean, the, the last sentence that I wrote to you, but I think we've gone over it m- multiple times tonight, is uh, as Star Trek explores strange new worlds, the fans themselves uh, were also open to new ideas. And that's the way it should be. I mean, or, or you know, in other words, I'm talking about the the beginning dialogue, you know, uh, our five-year mission <laughs> to, to right. explore strange new worlds. I mean, fans themselves have to explore strange new worlds, too. Yeah, I well, agree. I, actually, I probably should have dropped strange, is that there are new worlds, there are people of all types, and... And you become friends with with whoever, or you watch an episode and you root for to for whoever, and and uh, uh, well, now I'm going uh, quick, real quick with South Pacific. Uh, you have to be taught to hate. I mean, people are born not hating. Um, it's other people that teach people to hate, and those people should disappear. <laughs> Whoop! That sounds that sounded nasty on my <laughs> part. Uh, <laughs> no, but no, I, I understand I mean, the sentiment that you're. I understand the, what you're saying. Yeah, 
I mean, absolutely. Be open to all ideas. Don't don't be blind. You know, don't get yourself into a cult or something. But but if somebody hasn't done anything to you to make you feel uncomfortable, there's no reason why you can't be friends with them. Well, I I agree completely. And uh, we are out of time, unfortunately. So I want to say thank you to everybody listening around the world and on Odyssey Radio. We couldn't do the show without you people, obviously. Please head over to our Facebook page, the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization, and and, uh, say hello. And I want to let you guys know that tomorrow – uh, from 7.30 to 8.30, we'll be doing Comic Corner. We're going to be talking about Star Trek Voyager comic, uh, issue number one and issue number two called Seven's Reckoning. And it's about seven of nine when she first joined the crew of the Voyager. We're going to be talking about that for an hour, so you want to check that out. Thursday night, Truck Talking and Beyond will be back, and we're going to give our total review of season three of Star Trek Discovery. What did we think about the season as a whole? And what did you guys think of it as a whole? And you can head over to our Facebook page at Trek Talking and Beyond. Spell that all out. And you'll see a post there, and you can tell us what you thought about Discovery, and maybe you'll hear your name and your thoughts on the radio. So I want to say thank you very much, Leslie, for hanging out with us tonight. It's been great talking with you, as always. Oh, love talking with you. I say it just... It's sharing ideas. And, and it's and, always and fun. We can finish the show without saying, I'm never going to talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we will. Leslie and I will be back again next Sunday. Same bat time, same bat channel. You guys can count on that. So I will be here with Leslie talking with you guys again for another hour next week. So make sure you come back. And um, please, I want everybody to stay safe and be good to each other and uh, try to make 2021 a better year than 2020. And uh, good night to everybody. And thank you for listening. (laughs) Take care. Good night. Hailing Quincy are closed. Let's see what's out there. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.